Uh, he's a bloke I haven't uh, spoken to for a little while. I've been over in Hong Kong. Chris Roots, good morning, mate. Well, those of us that took the um, two-to-one you not returning are very unhappy. Oh, well, no, I was a good boy. I didn't uh, didn't get any trouble over there, mate. What were you expecting, trouble? I, I know you too well. <laughs> I think I think Laurie Daly must have had a good influence on you. Well, some would say, uh, I must admit, as I said in the BSB, I found myself trying to uh, fire him up a few times, saying, come on, mate, let's go again. Uh, it was a brilliant to, to be over there. I did say yesterday uh, when I returned that obviously it was a great spectacle, great racing. Very, very different, though. Uh, it's completely um, about the horse there. And obviously people that, you know, like yourself and, and me, we love uh, the horse. Uh, but for, I'd say for the neutral, if someone went and had a great experience at uh, Ramwick or Flemington or a great experience here and, and wasn't going purely for the horse, they might not have enjoyed as much because from a hospitality point of view, whilst you, you've got those good areas there, um, it's not like there's much happening between the races. No, it's a, I've been a number of times to Hong Kong and it's um, very much um, about uh, the racing and, yeah. and the punting. There's not, a, there's not not like fashions on the field or anything like that. It's not... It's not that sort of so social. The people are there to, to and what a couple of white people found that when they went over there, it was very hard to find a bar where you just didn't have a drink. Like that's the if you're not in one of the hospitality areas, you sort of you know that that's not catered for. There's little food outlets and things like that, but to have, sit down and just have a have a have a beer, you know, that's 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 sort of not not as big bigger part of the no, race. No, well, well they the don't. They, yeah, they don't. The racing is is unbelievable. The fact that they can get all those horses from all around the world, um, and the way in which they present the races as well, uh, is sensational. Uh, so it's uh, it's only going to continue to get bigger and better. And it's going to be fascinating to see because I know there are a lot of people from around Australia, a lot of um, high profile sports administrators in the in very various racing jurisdictions there, and obviously the whirlpool is key to all that. Yeah, that's what. Um, um, whirlpool now you want your meeting on that whirlpool is the financial advantage is having it on the, on on there is so huge and i know punters say there's a bigger takeout but you're paying for the product of being able to have a bigger bet so if you if you the bigger punter wants to have a bigger bet there's two million in the pool they can have their ten twenty thousand on without really affecting the affecting the the, the dividend they're going to get which gives them a bit more certainty but um obviously Hong Kong hosts those pools because they're the biggest biggest contributor to them, and it's 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 starting to bring the world together. You know, we're seeing these on race meetings all around the world now. And obviously, we saw it uh, a couple of times here. We saw it for Everest Day. Uh, we saw it during uh, Cup Week as well. And I did see some press that uh, I know that the Hong Kong Jockey Club are quite keen to do it for the big races around the world. So does that mean that uh, it'll be? Um, you know, for our for our massive races here, you know that obviously each state potentially could get their share. Or how do you see it playing out? Will it become quite political? Yeah, I think um, you'll you'll see that that they they want to honour the international pattern. So Group One racing will be the key to it. They won't just chuck a chuck a race on a ball pool because it's got big prize money. So. Um, you might see another. Uh, might see another move where they move another race to put on Golden Eagle mode to have a have a Group One race on that day, maybe, and things like that. It's at the moment. I think the focus of Australian racing is going to change in the next year. I think there there, there could be a coming together with at Racing Australia at the board board table. I think 
that's becoming that's becoming more important. And I think people realise that the way forward is innovate, but respect tradition. And um, so far, it's been innovation's been shunned, and you know tradition's been thrown in the face as the the only way way to to stop innovation. Now we're seeing that because of the Everest and races like that, the VRC have moved their, their major day back to their final day and things like that. So I think it's just that I, I think we're going to see a, a totally new um, uh, calendar for racing. And I think as we see, we're pushing further back into November. I think that that's a hole that, that, that racing can fill the October into November later November can be be a successful place for racing. Mm. I get fascinated by that chat about respecting heritage and and obviously innovation because technically every race that's been before us was innovated at the time, i.e. Yeah, the the thing is, when, when you go back and when Group 1 racing started in Australia in 1979, they just went and got the biggest prize money races and made them Group 1 races. So that, that's effectively how Group 1 races were decided. The, they were decided on prize money and and status of, to some extent, um, you know, Derby's and Oaks all got thrown in in as well. But you know, uh, there's there's no lever there for the say. Oh, you're you're putting on this race and you're going to guarantee it's going to be on for ten years. Like when the Everest first started, I don't think anyone uh, anyone thought it's here to stay. They thought, oh, it might be here for a couple of years, and that was that was one of the the, the things that was counting against. Even though they had a three year commitment slot holders. If it hadn't been such a great success, maybe it wouldn't have been here by now. But obviously, with 2020 sight, we see it's the biggest race in the country now, and it's the race that everyone talks about all year round, where they used to talk about the Melbourne Cup all year round. So um, it's it's um, it's taken a place in in the Australian punting psyche and racing psyche that 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 is very important and. Um, you know, if you win a, if you've got a good sprinter and it breaks a track, a couple of track records, the first thing people are asking you is, well, has anyone from an Everest slot rang you yet? Mm. And I think too, um, one thing I'll say is that uh, you know when we talk about you know races talked about uh, all year, do we need to get away from that as well, Chris? In terms in of not not in terms of just talking about one particular race, but you know this whole that um, it's the only race we talk about. I mean, really, we talk about. Uh, every big race that's happening every week. Mind you, I'm talking from a racing HQ bubble point of view, but I just find that, um, you know, we, we've got this sort of, uh, you know, mentality that, uh, or this mindset that, uh, you know, this is the biggest and this is the best, when really, um, if you look at it from a whole, like I've just been lucky enough to go over to another country and watch their racing. Uh, and I tell you what, uh, whilst it was fantastic, give me Australian racing any day of the week. And I was lucky enough to go to Royal Ascot as well. So if we sort of come at it from a holistic point of view, um, how bloody good is it that we've got a race like it? How fantastic is it we've got days like that where we've got these, you know, extremely popular and big races in all jurisdictions um, happening for our for our customers, for our punters? Yeah, and 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 what we're getting, and it's a perfect example this week. Um, it's not the greatest meeting in Sydney. I think everyone would be first to admit that. That I saw someone wrote on Twitter that. When the highways race five, you know it's not a very good meeting. Um, but we used to have that for two or three months. We've got to the middle of December, and it's the first sort of low point we've got. Mm. So, well, just just on that too. I mean, about um, not not being a great meeting. 
Uh, I'd love to check that person's statement on uh, Saturday night because if it's such a bad meeting, I hope they don't have a bet. It's like when people bag the Everest. I hope they don't go out and buy yes, yes, yeses at the uh, <laughs> at the uh, the sales. It's like, come well, on. Uh, I mean, what the, what, what the are they? What are you expecting? Turnover, turnover won't be as good on this meeting as as it has been for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and but that, but is it ever good? Point, is it ever good on the on the fourteenth in mid December? Is it ever good? Well, it's always good to back a winner, Dave. But the there it gives people a chance to get, chance. You know, when they when you've got two million dollar races and things like that, everyone's still really engaged and things like that. This there's a, there's a point where people have to have a break from it and things like that. And, you know, mm. we we love it and we we'll we'll be trying to find a winner on Saturday. But in the end, um, to make the bigger days work, you need a lull. Like racing's the only sport without an off season, really. Like. You've got to turn up every every week for 364 days a year. So I think the only day we don't race is Christmas Day now. Um, you know, there's no there's no real off season, and and the economics of the sport um, demand that. And we're not like England where they have the jump season over winter. We're not like Hong Kong that has a month and a six week, eight week yeah. break in the middle of the year. I don't know. You I know s- we don't have we I... don't have that. We have the the racing never stops, and it's yeah. always there. It's always a thing. Like cricket, we we play cricket in the summer and football in the winter. That's yeah. You know, I don't. I just don't. I don't. I understand what you say, but I'm and and you and I have had uh, many a many a schooner and and many a feed by the size of us as well, uh, and had this discussion before. But I I feel like you you we just can't. You can't have an off season. I mean, it's kind of like the builder. Like if the builder wants to go away on holiday, that's great. But then don't sort of complain that you've got no coin or the money's not rolling in. Like, you know, you, you, it's sort of like you're a sole trader. If, if I'm a, a trainer, a jockey or an industry participant, I can't, if I want to go away, go away. Go on a holiday. I think the, the, the people it does affect the most are the people at the bottom of the tree, um, our, our workers in the stables and our strappers. They're the ones that would find it very difficult to, to jump on the jet. But I must... I must say, I mean, you can't. You're not. You're not crying over metro trainers that can't get away on a holiday, are you, Chris? I'm not. I'm not saying that, David. I'm just saying that it's a lull in the season. Like the, there's, there's a, they can go away when they want. So can jockeys. But the, the prevailing thing with most sports is they have a they have a certain period of time where they where it's on, and then it's off. And like at the moment, it's pre-season rugby league. You wouldn't know. It's, the biggest story in town usually all the time. So, you know, what I'm saying is that at the moment we've got a lull in the a lull that used to be two months and now it's two weeks. So do you think so, it should it should be a lull of two months? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just no. saying that's that's the reality of things. We've 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 extended the they've extended the spring into the summer and runs into the Villiers now, and they keep the and they move the Villiers. The Villiers used to be the week before Christmas, and now it's been moved forward a couple of weeks to sort of match into the end of the gong and those races. So it's, it, you know, we used to have, like, I used to go to Melbourne for a month, and you'd look back at the Sydney fields, and there'd be 60 horses running. We don't have 60 horses on a Saturday. We have 120, 130 horses every Saturday now. That's mm. a good thing. Uh, chatting with Chris Roots this morning. What about yesterday at uh, Wyong, Chris, with Highness 
Um, obviously, plenty in the stewards' report. Tyler Schiller uh, cleared in that stewards' report. Uh, and look, Tommy mentioned well, probably well, it was before we went over to ride routes in the railway. I asked him about uh, two-year-olds heading forward, and he said he's got a couple of nice two-year-old rides coming up. And he did actually mention this horse's name. He said, "I've been uh, doing a bit of work with Highness, and uh, it looks to be one that we can follow through the summer." Well, eight dollars now for a Magic Millions. Yeah, it was a good win, wasn't it? it? Uh, I think Tommy said it's such a relaxed, relaxed bugger. It, just, it, it took a long time to get wind out, which might be a bit of a trouble in the Magic Millions around a tight Gold Coast track and, and a bigger field. But um, I noted that people were blowing up about Tyler Schiller's lack of figure in the last 50 metres. The other horse took off late and, and put it away. Um, I know it looked bad for Tyler. He had a look inside and... But he said to the stewards that he was aware that when he hit it with the whip in its first start, it had a tendency to lay out under pressure. So he was aware of that. And um, they did beat the rest by a good space and ran really good time. So um, it's, it, I think with our stewards these days, they, they take the proactive thing, listen to the, listen to the, um, listen to the jockey who is obviously ridden the horse before and said there's nothing to see here, but just reminded Tyler of his obligation to ride horses out. So there was it wasn't completely there was just that reminder, mate. You don't want to be you don't want to be in here again for something like that. So um, unfortunately, um, Spywire pulled up one in five lame and has to trial again before it races again. So that that's uh, that's something that um, that the Ma Eustace team will have to find find a trial before. I think David used to say it will, it will trial before the Magic Millions. It might need to race again now to get into the race. So um, the, their plans might be in a bit of uh, haywire after the after that um, race on yesterday. You've got some Inter-Dominion news for us as well. This, of course, is on the weekend up in Queensland. I know you'll be doing a bit of stuff for uh, the Sydney Morning Herald and the nine papers around it. And um, Nerano is, uh, could be a blowout in the Inter-Dom final. Yeah, I know it's five dollars fifty, and but it's the one that's come through the series and really presented as a as a horse to follow. Now, as as we all as people who follow the sport, I think most people who punt know that Leap to Fame and Swayze were the two horses that to beat in the in the series. Now, the way they do the seedings and things like that, it mean it usually means these two top seeds don't meet to the final. So, Swayze's just been going during the. Doing the, during the heats, he, he ran fourth in his last heat, and you know, but Jason Grimston's got a real good hold on this horse, and can bring him up for the big event. And he'd be he would have been looking two weeks out. Just got to get him to the final and have him ride on the final night. Now he's a half brother to Leap to Fame, of course, who ran second in in the Eureka, and um, he's the local hero up there. Grant Dixon will have him right, but Narano, geez, he's been. He was impressive last week. He uh, ran home in twenty six eight in his his um, his uh, heat that he won, and he came from off the speed and got over the top of them. We're running closer to twenty six four, twenty six three, which is absolutely flying. He could be the one that could upset the apple, apple cart here and um, run a really big race. Just believe a dollar fifteen in the trotters final, as we know with the trot, that that can happen a lot. He, it just looks better than the uh, trotters. And also, mate, uh, before we uh, wrap it up, uh, Race New South Wales, the chair and board position have been advised. Advertised. Yeah, advertised, yeah. They've, they've, um, 
they were advertised yesterday. So um, I think applications should close in the new year. So we'll be we we'll watching that with interest to see um, who gets put onto the board. And the, um, I'm sure there's a few people that are going to put their name forward for the chair position. Um, it was unclear, sort of, I read the ad a couple of times. I think there's only one position on the board. I, I think um, uh, the deputy chair, Sue Ann, is going to be... Um, Going to be re re reappointed. So you know we'll be we'll look at it and um, watch this space. You know as as we've talked about, doesn't really affect people on a bet, but it does affect on how the politics play out in the, in the, in the sport and what get, what decisions get made, what races yep. get boosted, what. what and that's um, it's it's funny you say that. And there's a couple of texts on the text line here saying. Um, Love, love Rude on a Thursday. Always speaks his mind and lets us know the facts. No name on that one, but thank you for texting that in. And there's also a text here. Um, on the New South Wales board, how does it actually work and, and affect us? I was, I was asked this too um, by a couple of Aussies that I was travelling with in Hong Kong. So if you can, in layman's terms, and uh, apologies if uh, if it's a silly question. But, okay, so... Race in New South Wales, let's say they get together from a administration point of view or whatever it might be uh, and say, right, we'd, we'd like to uh, build a racetrack or we'd like to put a new race on or we'd like to build stabling. Do those decisions then have to go to the board for approval? So it's like any sort of business. Is that correct? Yeah, it's similar to that. Ratification at board level is important. So, you know, they'll take things and they'll say, right, we've got, we've got to make the efforts $20 million. Well, that has to go to Race in New South Wales board because in the end, the board are, board, board are oversee what the CEO does in Peter Volandi. So Peter Volandi doesn't just go and say, oh, I'm going to do this. He has to get board approval for most of the things that, that we see. And let's face facts, in the last couple of years, they've got most things right, haven't they? But what what this will mean is that the board... The, There'll be a new chair, so they just works works through as a naturally a board does. They just oversee and make sure that everything's done correctly and keeps um keeps 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 everything going. And Sue Ann Cook, though I couldn't, rem- uh, I was I was having trouble remembering her name, but she'll be she's the deputy chair, and I'm sure she'll put her name forward for the for the chair position. I think there's going to be a couple of people who put their name forward, and we'll we'll certainly see in the the. The, the way it'll change, it won't change too much in racing, racing in New South Wales, but it will might change what happens at a, at a racing Australia level. And I'm, I'm hopeful that racing can just come together and act as one sport, not um, many different fragments, which is, which is what's happened. And the fragmentation of our sport is, is, is weakening it at a, at a point where it can be at its strongest. So hopefully, um, we can go down the path of seeing uh, racing come together and work as a, a, a one sport and like the AFL does and like rugby league does, do the best for their sport, not just for their jurisdiction. The other thing too, um, I was going to ask about uh, just quickly, so that uh, board situation, and there's another text here about this, so that um, uh, comes to the fact that uh, the that happens in every state. There's a board in every state, isn't there? Yeah, there's a board. So basically... Um, it's a regulator, so there's a board that oversees everything. So there's a board in racing in Victoria. I think it's been been sacked about three or four times in the last last decade. So you know, um, it's it's just it's it it basically oversees the sport and 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 helps and and makes sure that 
it's everything's done correctly and that places don't go you don't go broke you don't go out spending money you don't have which racing new south wales doesn't do because i think they've got about 300 million in the bank so and, um, and speaking of that bank just quickly before we do wrap it up um obviously i was overseas last week and there was that big news we spoke about yesterday with mitch cohen in relation to to rose hill and obviously there's a lot of water to roll under the bridge there i did say this yesterday to not only Mitch, but also uh, Will Friedman, who I asked uh, about. Uh, and obviously, Will sort of said, look, everything's on the table. We just need to know more. And I guess that will be over time. But I did find it ironic that I was standing in one of the most densely populated cities in the world as I heard the news. And uh, obviously, we are very blessed in this country across all states where we have our racetracks so close to, you know, metropolitan areas. Um, so it's very interesting times. Well, you went to Royal Ascot. You know where the race course is compared to London. Well, mate, it's an hour. It was an hour twenty in an Uber. Yeah, from, yeah. Ascot, Ascot's not <laughs> close. How's you travelling? Most people get the train to Royal Ascot. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah you well, and Marlowe got the Uber. flying. Got the Uber, and I'll tell you how good we were going. It was seventy quid, and we thought, how good? Thirty-five bucks each. Well, that was pounds. So anyway, there, that was another rort. That pound, don't get me started there. But you're you're 100 right. It's not just down the road, Ascot from London. Like, it's quite. I'd actually love to know, and I'm sure there would be a stat out there. I mean, obviously Flemington's quite close to the CBD. Ramwick, we know, is quite close to the Central Business District. Like, what what is? They'd have to be two of the closest racetracks to a central district, a, a central um, business district where horses can be trained as well. People would jump straight in and say, well, hang on, what about Happy Valley? It's right there. But you can't train your horses at Happy Valley. Horses aren't stable there. That's the, that's the thing. Like um, Grayville in, in Durban I've been to, it's, it's, it's not a training centre, but it's a, um, it's a racing centre. So there, there, are, there are places like that. So you, you get to, you know, I think a lot of the, a lot of the thing, Ellerslie's um, right pretty close into Auckland, but, it's just something. Still that, about yeah, twenty minutes, though. So. Still about twenty yeah. minutes. We built a we built it built our um, racetracks into our into our cities and owning owning the owning owning that asset. Now, when you look at it, what what's what sport would turn down getting five billion dollars if they can if if they get that much? Um, and what can you do with five billion? You cannot spend that much money like that. You can you can go out and buy the land. You can build the world class facility and things like that, and make uh, and future proof the sport. And for twenty years now, we've been looking at strategic plans and training centres and things like that. It hasn't happened because literally we don't have. There's not to buy land where they want to buy it is so expensive. So um, this will allow them to buy go out and say, well, we want that parcel land. We we don't care what we're going to pay for it. We'll pay for it. We'll we'll do a training centre. We'll do everything we need to do. Have a race course probably within the training centre, like they do at Newmarket in England, and that that'd be that'd be the second race course for Sydney. And then yeah, we can make improvements to all the race courses in Sydney. So all of a sudden, instead of having having a a place where for the last twenty years. They've they've updated every track. They've updated Eagle Farm. They've updated every track in Melbourne. We've been lucky to get one track done, and that was the Kensington, which was a debacle to start with, and still isn't sort of you know anyone's favourite racing service. I wouldn't say we can get all these tracks redone, brought into the 21st century, and have have the sport ready to fly 
for the next 100 years. Chris, thanks for your time, mate. We'll chat to you tomorrow on the Punters panel. See you, mate. Uh, Chris Roots from the Sydney Morning Herald. You can catch all of his articles in the SMH over the course of the weekend. It is 9.40. Coming up, we're going to chat with uh, Bjorn Baker, Michael Friedman, Luke Price, Robert Quinn, all to come.